Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And to follow all the way! Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of The Last Word on Spurs, we'll be looking back at yet another 2-2 draw away from home. This time to Rochdale in the FA Cup. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead briefly to Crystal Palace. So without further ado, let's introduce the bumper panel talking us through the next hour. First up as always, I've got Jason McGovern. Jace, how are you? You well? Um, I wouldn't say well, <laughs> but uh, let's, let's just get on with it, mate. Joining Jason tonight, back on the show, we've got Zoe Pearson. Zoe, how are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me back on. No, pleasure. Pleasure as always, Zoe. And also joining Jason and Zoe tonight, we've got Chris Slegg, BBC journalist and huge Spurs fan. Chris, how are you? You well? Good Good to be back. A bit deflating to, to come in on the, on the show on the back of you know that, that last-minute goal that's mm. given us a game that we could really do without. But at least we're still in the FA Cup, mate. Hey? Yeah, most importantly, still in the FA Cup. And finally, last but certainly not least, we've got the founder of Raw Talent and BBC Apprentice winner, Lee McQueen, back on the show. Lee, how are you? Very well, Ricky. Thanks. Very well. I actually, I actually think uh, um, it's it's lovely to be a Spurs fan today because we're giving all these uh, lower league clubs uh, opportunities to play at Wembley. <laughs> we're gifting it out, Lee. We're one of those clubs now that we seem to be giving them the um, where the FA were giving more kind of more money to kind of improve the stadium, the maintenance. We're doing it for free for them. So how can they complain? That's it, right? That's it. That's what I think. Yeah, very true. I tell you what, it's only right. Let's start with you, Chris. You was down there at Rochdale on Sunday. I mean, like you said, never ideal to be taken to yet another re- replay by lower league opposition in the FA Cup. However, mm. would you say, Chris, if this is the part of the journey onto winning it, then so be it. I mean, plenty of players coming back now from injury needing games, so hopefully it will improve their fitness for the second time around. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I would, I'd love to see Tottenham win the FA Cup. I'm, I'm, I'm of a generation where it's such an important trophy, still, and we are still in it. And yeah, you know, it's, it's so frustrating that we've needed replays against Newport and that we need a replay against Rochdale. But that so often happens. You know, you think of it last year. Okay, Arsenal went on and, and won the cup. They, they, they played two non-league 
uh, two non-league teams on, on the road to Wembley. You, you, you got to go go to places that you're not familiar with going to. And I, I actually, there was a lot of anger at half-time yesterday, I sensed, in, in, inside the stadium in the concourse. Um, but I, I felt that, that Pochettino got it right with his team selection. I have to say, I don't think that was in any way a disrespectful uh, starting team to put out, put out. I don't think they were fired up enough. Um, I don't think some of the players out there performed anywhere near good enough in, in the first half. But I was really impressed with the way we we did so much to turn things around after half-time. And, you know, it looked like we'd done enough and that we got through and just switched off right at the end again. And as someone who loves the FA Cup, taking out of the fact that, that, that it's annoying as a Spurs fan, I loved seeing what it meant to, to the fans of Rochdale, being in, inside that packed stadium, uh, seeing, you know, people just unable to hide all of their their joy for what it meant for their club, only the third time they've ever been in in the fifth round. I could even, even as a Spurs fan, take something from that. I really do love what, what the FA Cup does to give people, you know, it's like us, we raised our game against Juventus and, and Rochdale have raised their game against us. You can't believe really that they're rock bottom of, of League One where they were capable of doing some of that. And you, obviously the new, new pitch probably helped them as well. But um, yeah, really frustrating that we've got a game that we could do without, but uh, I, I I wasn't as as down as as some of the people were were yesterday. I think a lot of the anger was kind of understandable at half time, but maybe the second half performance uh, dissipated some of that. Yeah, I mean bringing you in, Lee. Listen, as Chris has said there, I mean you got to say fair play to Rochdale. <laughs> I mean a few of that Spurs side, the likes of the Wanyamas, the Winks, the Adavirals, they look like they could all do with another game. What did you make of the overall game itself, Lee? Uh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with what you just said. I think them three in particular, mm. um, Son didn't play well at all. Um, you know, he missed a couple of chances. But them three in particular definitely could do with another game. So it might be a blessing in disguise because they're getting back to, to match fitness. But again, it's the magic of the cup. And I know it's, you know, Jason's probably rolling his eyes when I'm saying this because I'm agreeing with Chris <laughs> a little bit. But look, it, it, I know we're Spurs fans, so emotionally we're attached to Tottenham. But it is the FA Cup. You've got to go away. You know, it would have been a travesty, for example, when the pitch was was so bad. There was rumours about it being switched to Wembley and all that sort of stuff. For me, that's that's wrong. It is a leveller, and it, and it makes everybody. Um, you know, that's that's what we want to see in the FA Cup. And I think that you know, teams. I mean, they played. You know, give Rochdale credit. They were they were brilliant, weren't they? Yesterday, they mm-hmm. played really really well. And like Chris just said, what, what I think they're eleven points adrift at the bottom of League One. It's incredible, really. Having said that, we were awful. Um, you know, to, to come out lacklustre, almost like we just feel like we've got to turn up. You know, most of the time for me, when Spurs against Newport as well in, 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 the, in, in the first game, um, we just, we just, and I think it was last season as well, wasn't it, against um, uh, AFC Wimbledon when we, we, we conceded three against them, didn't we? Or, Wickham, um, yeah, Wickham, in the yeah, Wickham game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Wickham, sorry, Wickham, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, and so, so for me, it's an attitude. It, there's, there's, you can't substitute that, and that's what annoys me. All the media come out with and say Spurs have got to win a trophy. The, bo- the boss comes out, Poch comes out, we, we, we want to win stuff. Kane comes out, want- the players want to win stuff. But this is a prime target for us to win something. Like, like Chris, I'd love it if we won the FA Cup. Don't want to sound like Keegan. But, you know, I'd love it if we win the FA Cup. Yet they come out with a lacklustre attitude and, and, you know, their behaviour was, oh, yeah, we're going to roll this team over. And it's just not good enough. So, for, for me, that was what was disappointing about it. Mm, I mean, Jace bringing you in. Jamie Gross asked the question, did Pot show a lack of respect to Rochdale, changing the entire 11 and plan 11 players who haven't had much game time recently? Um, could it easily have been out of the cup with that team selection? Jace, let's get your thoughts on that one. Well, I can understand why he suggests that. But um, I thought he showed Rochdale plenty of respect. He filled mm. it aside with 10 full internationals. Mm with 304 caps between them, nine of which had started a Champions League game this season. Four of those, possibly up to five of them, apparently should have started the game against Juventus. <laughs> and, and two of them, we should be paying them absolutely whatever they want. So, you know, I don't know how much respect, more respect you can play to Rochdale. And I mean, in fairness, I'd look at it and say the most important people he shows respect to is, is the players that belong to our football club. And if 11 players aren't playing they need to play, then he has to respect that by playing them in games against Rochdale. Otherwise, they're never going to play, are they? Yeah. When, do, when do we get players, key players like Wanyama and Toby and Rose and Lucas Mora and players like that, when do we suggest we play them 
if we don't play them against Rochdale because they're not good enough to play a Premier League game at the moment. They've got to play against <laughs> Rochdale. Mm. They've absolutely got to play against Rochdale to get game time. And I'd field exactly the same eleven except for Lucas Moura in the in the in the replay. Yeah, I mean, it was the first time that Spurs did make those eleven changes since September 26th in Gillingham. I mean, Zoe, let me bring you in. A little bit of a concern, Zoe, is that we seem to have led for just five minutes in the last five away matches, and all of them have ended in a draw. I mean, Zoe, give me your thoughts on that, and also your general perspective of the game itself. Um, I mean, the when I was preparing for this pod, you know, and I was watching the game back, and, you know, I was preparing for all scenarios in that game, you know, <laughs> the preparing for a loss, preparing for to talk about a draw with you, and then eventually, you know, talking about a win. And, you know, on the balance of play of the whole game, Rochdale obviously deserved something from it. They were brilliant. They turned up against us and, you know, played their football their way. And it was ultimately a disappointing result when, you, in the grand scheme of things, you know, you would hope that the second string, if you can call it a second string side, because as Jace just rightly said, it was full of... A lot of quality, you know, there, isn't there? A lot quality of quality. Players mm. That you would hope we could, could go to Rochdale and, and ultimately bring a result back to us and we could go through to the next round but obviously it, it wasn't to be um, but I just think you know it's it's like Jay said when when on earth do we play these 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 players the, mm. the Toby Adams, they, they need minutes yep. they need minutes on the pitch and I agree with what I think was what Lee said it could be a blessing in disguise this this second chance to come to, to Wembley and in front of a home crowd and you know really get behind the lads again and I think I would feel exactly the same 11 exactly the same really? 11 again they, they need the minutes they they need to be able to to form a you know get form on their side in order to break into the first 11 because at the moment it, it picks itself mm. it's very true I take mm. the point that people will say you know when you, when you just throw 11 together that you won't get a cohesive performance and there'll be no understanding I accept all of that but we, we didn't need to go to Rochdale and win 5 nil in a second leg. Mm-hmm. We had to go to Rochdale, a team bottom of League One, and produce one more moment of quality over 90 minutes than they did. And if it was a really ugly, scrappy, awful 1-0 win, that's all we needed to do, just win the game like that. So, you know, the fact you throw 11 full in- or 10 full internationals together, you should be capable of going to a League One side and doing that, whatever team you pick. Yeah. We were a couple of minutes away from the tie. We were a couple of minutes away from winning it. It was just that the last exactly. minute that we can... switching exactly. off. We sh- mm. should have won the tie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris, have you got any thoughts on that? What I said about that stat. I mean, in terms of leading for just five minutes in their last five away matches, and they've all you know ended in draws. Is that a concern for the team in terms of that lack of concentration at times towards the end of the games? Yeah. Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is kind of different, isn't it? Because very, very different team at, at Rochdale, so it, yeah, of course, it's yeah. kind of hard to hard to say that there's a theme that that runs throughout the the same starting eleven. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a problem even even before um, even before Pochettino arrived. We I, I remember we had a few games where we weren't switched on right at the start. You know, um, the game where we a terrible game where we lost six 0 at Man City. I think mm. that was under AVB, yeah. wasn't it? So traditionally, I know a lot of the players, a lot of the players have changed since then. But it's been something in recent years where we've not been really alert from the from the very start of the game to the end. And I, I think obviously Pochettino has improved us in so many so many different areas. But what what frustrates me that Juventus game clearly, you know, the, the first ten minutes. I, I don't know how we can be so professional in those games against Man U and against Arsenal and, and to extent, you know, three quarters of the game against Liverpool, but we do still seem to have these these periods of a game where we're not we're not fully on it. And and right at the end yesterday that's that's cost us because yeah, we, we did enough. I, I wouldn't argue with his 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 starting lineup. I, I think it made sense to not start Kane. I know people a lot of people think we could have started him. We could have won the game in the, inside the first twenty minutes, half an hour, and then had a chance to take him off. And, mm. But I, I think, I think, I actually think the logic of what he did yesterday made perfect sense to me. But I, I also agree with what, with what one of the the panel said earlier. I think it does filter through to the players these days in a Premier League era um, that the FA Cup doesn't mean as much to them because quite quite clearly the attitude of some of the players in that first half they they weren't playing that game in, or approaching that game in, in the same way <laughs> that they would have approached a Premier League or a Champions what? League game. And it, it, it took it took half-time to whatever was said at half-time. I don't know. And, and you could even see it when Harry Kane came on. It was kind of like, 
oh, this is serious now. We get it. And everyone raised their game when, when the main man came on. It's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, this is actually, this actually does mean a lot to our club now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, how it looks to me. that's how it looks Attitude, to me. Attitude, isn't it? Uh, just if, yeah. I, if, if I could come in on that. Yeah, go for it, Lee. Right. Yeah, please do. Because Chris makes a, a point that I was kind of talking about earlier, you know, it, it being an attitude thing. Now, when Kane comes on the pitch, he, he wants to win everything. His attitude is unbelievable. He wants to be there. He wants to win every game. And, and it's like, you know... Danny Rose, for example, all of a sudden he switched on. He's like, oh, right, I, I, exactly what you just said. I'll start playing that, yeah. shall I? Mm. And, and then he, yeah. was actually, he actually started to have a really good game in, you know, probably from 60, 65 minutes or whatever it was. You know, there's one big worry for me. And, and again, I agree with all of you, what you said about, you know, the start of 11, I wouldn't have changed it. But my worry is Lorente, And not necessarily him himself. He scored 15 goals in the Premier League last year for Swansea. And the reason why that was, in my opinion, is because Swansea played to his strengths. When he plays in our team, in our kind of plan B or B team or second 11 or whatever you want to call it, obviously he's playing second fiddle to Kane. That must be very difficult to do in the first instance. But when he comes on the pitch, we don't adapt our play to suit Lorente. We play the same way. So there was instances against Rochdale yesterday whereby Lorente's playing, he's up, he's up front, he wins, he won. When we did go long, which is seldom, we didn't really do it that often, but mm. when we did go long, he won every single ball in the air. Like little flick-ons, you want to have runners in, uh, going past him, that sort of stuff. We didn't play that way. We played out from the back the normal way that we play. And I know we've got a belief, and I, and I like that belief, but when you've got different personnel on a team, I don't know, Panel, what do you think? Do you, do you don't well, think let's you bring you. I mean, let's bring you in, Jason. Let's ask Jace about Fernando Lorente. I mean, he led the line fairly well in that first half. Jace set up both of Son's chances, but missed a good opportunity of his own and then offered little after the break. How did you see Lorente's performance, Jace? He's got a point. We don't always play that way, but I mean, you know, we, the, the two normal suspects were the, were the seemed to be uh, the, the focal point of all the anger yesterday, but Lorente, I'm not saying did it anywhere near enough yesterday, but but Lee's right. The, the chances that we got all came from flick on from him. The, the one that Sonny has that he's off from is put through by Lorente. It's Lorente's hold-up play that gives the ball to to the other target of all the abuse, Sissoko, and then it's excellent ball into Lucas Moura and we score from it. But, but you know, those two will, can't do a thing right. Yes, absolutely, Lorente messed up his chance. But, you know, didn't Harry Kane mess up two chances against Arsenal. I don't know any striker that's got 100% scoring rate from every single chance they get. Someone who's been in say, great goal-scoring form, he goes through one-on-one, it's it straight at a goalkeeper. Yeah. I, I was just, just going to say, like, with that Lorente piece, the point I was making, I think, you know, as you guys picked up on, I'm not having a go at Lorente. What I'm having no, 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 is that he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's got a confidence issue because you don't play. And it goes back to the point that Zoe made and Jace made earlier. When else are you going to play these players unless it's against Rochdale and the FA Cup? Mm. Because they have to play. The strikers have to play. He plays in week in, week out last year at Swansea, scores 15 Premier League goals. That's not a coincidence, is it? But he's never going to get in the team in front of Kane unless you play him together. So when else can you actually play the guy? And then when you do play him, make sure you adapt your play to suit Levente, because then he'd be he'd be more effective. Yeah, I mean, let me bring you in, Zoe. MC Lucky asked a question. I don't want to blame any player, specifically either Sissoko or Lorente, but should we blame our poor form against lower league teams just on complacency? Is that how you see it, Zoe, from your yeah. end? Um, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's obviously an argument for for complacency. Uh, I, certainly, maybe and like you guys were saying, an attitude. Uh, where you feel like we could just turn up to some of these games and you know roll these teams over, but you know I think I think there's more to it than that. I think it's 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 partly you know I, I, it comes mainly from Pochettino's um, philosophy of tr- of trusting every single player in that mm-hmm. squad because we aren't we aren't a, a team of eleven. We're a team of you know twenty four, twenty five players. Yeah, and you know yeah. it, it stems from Poch's trust in them and 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 putting them you know in front of. Remember, this is live on TV. These, these these players haven't played for you know some of them for a long, long time, and there's going to be a level of 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 complacency about it. But uh, you know, I, it's a hard one to call because you you look at some of the the the, the games we did against the the big teams this season, and we just absolutely steamrolled a lot of them. Mm. And, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's an attitude thing or whether it's just not being up for the games, but we'll we'll see. I think that I think that will that will be answered 
properly in, in the replay at Wembley. Yeah. And if we get the result there at Wembley and, you know, move on to the next round, I think that'll be answered there and then. Yeah. That's the most important thing, getting through to that next round. I mean, let's just remind listeners yep. out there in terms of the team selection, the changes. I mean, Mora did make his full Tottenham Hotspur debut. As Spurs did, as we've discussed, make the 11 changes. Adavid Rose, Winks, Wanyama all returning to the side along with Sonny. Um, and, Jason, you made that point, you know, 11 changes. Still had 10 internationals on that field. I mean, it does show in itself coming over to you, Chris. You know, the strength and depth in this team. And Lucas Mora, you know... So impressed with what we've seen from him. I, I actually didn't think he'd have played as much as this. Uh, you know, Pochettino seemed very guarded when we signed him, but I, I, I didn't think he'd have been given as many opportunities as he's got so far. But people were already, you know, just impressed with that little cameo at the yeah. end of the Juventus because mm. because he approached, you know, because the body language looked right. He looked so up for it. He's obviously chomping at the bit to play because he's played so little. And you know, the Spurs fans were right behind him yesterday from the very start of that game. He was, you know, in the first half, really the only player who, who looked to be. Performing to his best, great to see him get a goal oh, it was. on his full debut. You know, took it so well because that's that's an opportunity that you, you know when, when you've really just not played much all season, you could easily hit that straight into the keeper or you know, sky it over the bar. He, he took it so well and, and got us right back into that game. And yeah, I, I think you know every everyone really yesterday who 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 started, you wouldn't be surprised to see them starting a Premier League game, other other than obviously Vorm and. Foyth and you know Lorente, they're not going to start unless there's an injury. We, 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 I don't know about Lucas yet. Whether Lucas Moore is really going to be someone who's going to start Premier League games, or whether that's more for for next season. But he's certainly done himself uh, plenty of favours in his his first couple of weeks here. Oh, um, but yeah, everyone else in that in in that team is you know a quality player, and I just think the attitude wasn't right because of the way the players do look at look at the FA Cup now. You know, we've just played. Man U, Liverpool, Arsenal, Juventus, and they're not going to be as fired up, unfortunately, for for going and playing Rochdale. Um, maybe that's kind of in a way natural. You know, I'm not I'm not a professional footballer, but in all of our careers, you know, it's, there's probably days when you're going to be more motivated. It's it's a shame because as a as a fan, I want to see that team up for winning every single game. And as I yep. say, the FA Cup means a lot a lot more to people of my age perhaps and some of these players who have grown up in a in a Champions League era where the Champions League understandably means everything to them um but yeah no you know we have we have we've certainly strengthened in, in this window by bringing in Lucas Mora he's clearly going to add to us and I think next season it's going to prove to be a, a great signing yeah I mean bring over to you Lee about Lucas Mora I mean, it's fair to say that first half Every time he touched the ball, the Spurs fans are raising the roof in support of him. Lee, isn't it great to finally see a winger in a Spurs shirt that runs at players, beats a man, and has a bit of an end product? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm smiling because I think we'll we'll love that type of player. Yeah. Um, and he seems to have kind of a almost a low centre of gravity again. He can, you know, he can take people on. Um, his touch is great. Always wanted to get forward. There was a business about him that that kind of just made him. You know, you thought something was going to happen when you got the ball, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, mm. and, and, and like Chris said, even that cameo against uh, Juve um, in, in the week, you kind of got that sense. I, I actually do think that he's going to end up starting games. And it's it's players like that, and now Lamella coming back to, 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 to something that we know he's capable of. It's them sorts of players that we need against, um, you know, the, the Burnleys at home and the, and, the, and the West Ham's and the Swansea's, you know, the, the points that we've dropped at home this year. Um, that have turned, were draws that, that should have been essentially wins. It's them sorts of players that potentially can unlock the defenses. Look, look at Rochdale yesterday. We needed him. Yeah, we, we did. You know, we, we, mm. you know what was we? I, I don't know when he scored, but was it 58, 60th minute or something? But, you know, when you know, and we hadn't, we hadn't got in 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 front of him to have a, a clear goal scoring opportunity like that for a while, and and he took his chance brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, Jay, bring it on to you. I mean, Lucas Moore alone directly involved in 18 goals in his last 20 starts in all competitions for both PSG. And Spurs now. What did you make of his contribution, Jace, overall? It was was excellent. He was by far the, the best player on the pitch. Mm. I loved the, the way he ran at players. But the two things I noticed about him yesterday, he seemed to win more balls in the air than Toby Alderweireld did all day. <laughs> very true. Which, which seems astonishing. He did. And, and then there was the other part I really enjoyed was he got fouled on the, the near side in the first half, got absolutely flattened. But rather than just sitting there rolling around on the floor, he instantly tried to get up and then got flattened a second time. But, you know, to see a, a foreign player come into the league, not try and roll around, didn't get up, try and wait 
leave the imaginary yellow card. I think that said everything about his attitude. He just wanted to get on with the game. And, and you know, that, that's the type of quality I want to see from, from players. And I want to see them writhing around the floor when they're not hurt. Mm. And so it was just, I just enjoyed that. And I, we know he's going to be running at people. We know he's got pace and all those things. Expect that, you hope that. But some of the other things, as I say, the, the winning the ball in the air, I think he won four headers yeah. in the air in yeah, midfield. It was, mm. I certainly wasn't expecting that to happen, that's for sure. No, no, really, really impressive. And Zoe, let's get your thoughts on Lucas Moura. I mean, I've got to say to you, Zoe, he reminded me a lot of Aaron Lennon with the ability to get fans off their seat. But crucially of all, Zoe, he might just have a bit more of an end product than Azza ever had for us. He looks exciting, doesn't he? Mm, he looks he really does. exciting to watch. Uh, and th- I always, um, I was looking at the, his performance against uh, Rochdale, and I, all I could compare him is to the, the last couple of wingers that we bought in in the last few transfer windows, and that was in G and in Kudo, and <laughs> he looked chalk and cheese, didn't he? He did. He did. Compared to mm. them, he really did. Um, brilliant for him to get his first goal. You know, that's the good little confidence builder that he would need. You know, I agree with what you're saying that out of all the players on the pitch against Rochdale, I thought he would be the one that could potentially, you know, push for a, a starting team place. But, you know, he's exciting. He's dynamic. He was 25 million quid. I mean, that says, that says everything you need to know, really, about about the sort of player he is and how well we were in the market and how, how brilliant it was that we managed to bring him in at that price because he looks a really, really good player. In the talk about complacency, he's perhaps the one person that you thought might have been more complacent than yeah. anyone else because yeah, it was true. totally new to him. Yeah. The others all know what they're expecting. Most of totally them were involved at Newport. Yeah. Yeah. And yet he's a kid that he must have turned up in that changing room and thought, where the hell am I? And yet he goes and produces a performance <laughs> like that. It was Mind you, he has, been playing, he has been playing League Earth for a while, don't you? <laughs> so most, most of the changing rooms are probably like that. That's true. Uh, that's a fair point. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to get Lee's thoughts on this in a second, but I've got a couple of Chris first. Um, Muta Sissoko, um, Chris. I mean, I put out a tweet yesterday and I instantly regretted putting it out there after I, it was out there for a couple of minutes. I said he deserves some credit for finding Lucas Moura with that through ball. Do we give any credit whatsoever to Muta Sissoko? Because I've got to say it, Chris. I think if that was Ali, if that was Ericsson, Lamella playing that through ball, they get the credit. Does Muta deserve some for that ball through to Lucas? Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah I, I would certainly say so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't understand why there would be a criticism of that suggestion for we did really well in, in that moment yeah a great way to set up Lucas Moura and um again a, a player that I've 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 failed to understand why he was getting why why he had so much involvement um earlier in the season when he, he kind of seemed untouchable mm. for for a while mm. and I, I couldn't understand that and I still can't fathom that but I would never <laughs> doubt that he's actually been trying his best you know he's not he's not he's not been lazy he's not been shirking um I've not understood why he was so involved for that long period of time. There didn't seem to be any way of him not starting a game or he never seemed to be taken off, no matter how bad things were looking. Obviously, that's changed a bit over the recent weeks. But I, I, he's one player who's... I wouldn't question his attitude. I just think he looks... Usually, he looks a notch below the other kind of... The players we would suggest to be our like first choice yeah, eleven. He looks like the weakest, when, doesn't when, he? In terms of the when, squad, when he's yeah, mm. when, when he's in it, he, he looks just a notch below the rest. But no, I thought, he, I thought he did really well in that goal yesterday. Lee, this is a jovial one for you. Sam Clements asked the question: Why does Sissoko and Lorente exist? What do you what do you make of that question, <laughs> well, I, Lee? I think that's a bit harsh. Oh my god! I mean, didn't, didn't Lorente win the World Cup? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but look, come back to Sissoko. I mean, mm. you know, you, you guys know what, what I feel about Sissoko. I mean, we Chris do. is very polite um, as to why why he's been anywhere near the team in the first half. Is I have no idea why he's in the team. I will give him credit, though. You heard it here first. There you go. Um, I did think he played well yesterday. Um, I think, you know, I think Jason made the point on Twitter, I think, earlier today. There was uh, some some um, players in that squad, in that team yesterday, that were far, far below where Moussa Sissoko's level was. Um, and, and I think he, he did play relatively well, you know. I don't think it is an attitude thing with, with, with Sissoko. I think what it is is he doesn't know where to play. Like, he, And I think that's the problem with us as fans. We don't know what he is. Is he an attacking midfielder? Mm. Is he a winger? Is he is he a, 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 a wide on the... Is he right of a free? Is he left of a free? Is he a holding midfielder? But what actually is he? We don't know. I don't think I don't think they know. The, the, to, to answer Chris's kind of uh, question about... Chris, you said about, you know, I'm not quite sure why he was there. I, I think it was something to do with maybe Poch 
giving him that opportunity. Remember earlier we were talking about when are these players going to play if they don't play against Rochdale in the FA Cup? Mm. Whereas with mm-hmm. Sissoka, I think it's a kind of a, we need to give you a run of games to see yeah, what you can do. Because, yeah. because, he, because he has had high levels. You know, in, Euro, yeah. in the Euros last year, he played really, really well. He, he was very good in, in that central midfield. And he did play ironically brilliantly against us, didn't he? Newcastle would be mm-hmm. before when, Oh, they all when, do that, they, they, they all play good about. against us, the ones that we signed. That's why we buy them, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but I think, so I, think, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's maybe something to say, look, we need to give this guy a run of games to get his confidence up to, to cement him. And unfortunately, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out that way because as you guys just said, he is a level lower than, than, than essentially what we need. And, you know, for, for me... It's because he doesn't know, not him, maybe he does know, but it, it just doesn't fit. He just doesn't fit in our team. He just doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't power forward like you thought that he was going to do when we bought him for 30 million quid. You know, he doesn't get the ball and excite people like, like we were just talking about Lucas. Mm. He gets on the ball and all of a sudden you think, oh, something's going to happen. You know, he doesn't put in amazing challenges and, you know, and, and, and back up the defence. He just doesn't, doesn't really do anything. No, uh, it's, a very, uh, it's a very hard one to disagree on with that one. It really, really is. Jace, I want to ask you, Delhi Alley, he's been getting a lot of stick this season, as you will know, and as a lot of us know on this panel, and for diving. Please correct me, Jace, if you think I'm wrong, but I mean, the one against Rochdale on the Sunday, I mean, it, it did look like clear contact and therefore a definite penalty. Am I going crazy, Jace? No, you're not. It's, I, I don't even know why it's a discussion point. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a stonewall, nailed on, blatant penalty that the TV shows, the commentator shows, the pundit show, Gary Lineker shows, the Rochdale manager admits it's a penalty, the Rochdale bloke who brought him down admits it's a penalty, but somebody thinks it's a dive because it's Deli Alley. I mean, I, I don't know if he has to be decapitated <laughs> before people see something. I mean, perhaps that's what needs to happen. I mean, he has himself to blame for a, for the a lot of it because yeah. he has dived. He mm. has exaggerated. Yeah. So mm. some of the criticism of him, and when he's gone down like that, we've all been here and, and admitted that it was a stupid thing to do. But yesterday is as clear a penalty as you'll ever get. And I think if, if that's any other player of any other club, those fans of that club demand that's a penalty. So why, why shouldn't it be for Deli Alley? Simple as that. Nailed on penalty, mate, all day long. Mm, I mean, so I want to bring it round to you. The words of the manager after the game, the Rochdale manager, Keith Hall. He said, I've seen it, I've not seen it again, but I'm led to believe that Delhi is looking for it. We get too involved in controversy. I won't hold it against him. And if he does it for England in the summer at the World Cup, I'll certainly be supporting him if he goes down. Zoe, what did you make of that incident when you first saw it? Did you think, as well as Jace, nailed on penalty? Yeah, I thought it was a Delvon penalty straight away. As soon as I saw it and he, he went down. I, I agree with what Jay said, that he obviously doesn't help himself in, in the manner that he uh, he does go to ground very easily at times. Um, but it's like you say, you know, you can't argue with a Stonewall penalty. Mm. Um, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, Twitter and social media has reared its ugly head again after, you know, any sort of result like that or any sort of decision like that. You know, and it's going to hark back to games where certain fans of certain clubs feel unjustified because certain decisions haven't gone gone their way. And <coughs> so sorry, more... sorry. <laughs> no, I was trying to be diplomatic there. Really. <laughs> sorry, apologies. <laughs> it's, no, but it's 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 true. It's true. But, you know, mm. what are we two weeks, two and a half weeks now, and they're still and going on. Still, like, still moaning. Still oh, God. but it's not unexpected. That's the way social media is these days is. you know you're, you're not going to please all the people all of the time and especially if they're rival fans because they're going to you know shout and scream from the rooftops that they feel there's an un- unjust injustice there but you look at the decision and ultimately he made the right call and it was a penalty and at the time that should have been enough to see us through to the, the, the next round i think you know if if you take every other club in the premier league we could all name players that in the last 12 months have gone down under penalties, be it Eden Hazard, be it Marcus Rashford. We saw Liverpool do it with one of their idols, Gerard, did it for year after year after year. I mean, Firmino did it last week. He's <laughs> in the coast of the sea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Firmino did it last week and Salah did it the week before against West Brom. I mm-hmm. mean, come on. Yeah, well, I've got, listen, Chris, what about, let me bring you in, Chris. I mean, you work BBC, journalist. I mean, is it a media witch hunt, Chris? What is it? What do you put it down to at the moment with Spurs? And it just seems that we seem to be the talk of everyone in terms of diving at the moment. And I think Chelsea and Liverpool, you know, have dived more than Spurs in terms of cards awarded to them. 
What'd you put it down to, Chris? I I I, I wouldn't think there's a, any deliberate media witch hunt personally. I, I, I don't think that's the case. Mm. Um, this incident at the ground yesterday when it happened, blatant penalty. I thought blatant penalty. When you when I got home, I watched it on telly. Blatant penalty, no doubt about it. What you obviously see on telly that you don't see at a ground is a slow motion replay. Now, when you watch a slow motion replay, it often looks exaggerated. And I think Deli Ali probably did exaggerate it a bit. But like we've just said, pretty much any Premier League player is professional enough to make sure when they are fouled, the referee is going to notice it. And they make sure that the referee is going to notice it because they're professional enough to do that. Now, there was an incident recently, wasn't there, a West Brom match. I can't remember who it was, but he was blatantly fouled. He didn't exaggerate at all and the ref didn't give oh, I think Jay Rodriguez. the penalty I think Jay Rodriguez but I don't think there's I don't I wouldn't say personally there's a media witch hunt but look, Deli Ali has been booked three times for diving hasn't he over the last two or two and a half seasons mm. and I think in that time only one other player has I think it might be Zaha who's also been booked three times for diving right um, so he's got he's got a reputation unfortunately and that means and I would probably say most, most three occasions he did dive um, even, I'm even saying that as a Spurs fan. So therefore, fans of other clubs, r- rival fans, are going to jump on him when, whenever he goes down for a legitimate penalty like yesterday because he, he has fostered this reputation for himself. And he's also unfortunate enough to be a highly ta- talented young English player. And it, we have a kind of thing in our nation where, unfortunately, unless you support that team, other people want to get on his back for yeah, anything like that the he Jack does. Wilshire so, thing, isn't it? It's like, it's, yeah. it's like the Jack Wilshire thing, isn't it? If, you know, it, we, it, don't, we don't like Jack Wilshire because we're Spurs fans and, you know, Deli exactly. Ali to us. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I mean, you look at it yesterday, I mean, I saw, I, I was reading Twitter on the way back, someone had tweeted Lineker, who was obviously presenting Match of the Day, saying, oh, you guys didn't even mention that. If that had been Liverpool or Arsenal, I'm just plucking the names of clubs that don't remember. I don't remember what clubs they said. You'd have been going on about that dive. And Lineker quite <laughs> rightly replied saying, I did ask the pundits. He's got a reputation for diving. Do you think that was a dive? And both Genus and Shearer said, no way was that a dive. So, mm. you know, the question was asked. Those very professional pundits who, you know, I don't, I don't for, for one reason think, one minute think they're going to, you know, just give an answer for the hell of it. They, they're, they're professional enough and they're, you know, Genus, particularly very good pundit, gave their honest opinions that that was not a dive. So I don't think there is a, a media which I think there is, perhaps in some quarters of the media, because Deli Ali is, is is a good story. You know, in in, in some parts of the media where you, you depend on depend on you know selling papers etc. You have to come up with good stories. Different in the industry I work with in the BBC, it is a lot easier to be neutral and, and tell things as they are because of the way that the BBC is funded. So you know there are parts of the media that will go looking for the story and might might have a, you know, talk about clickbait uh, in a social media age, might have a reason to to whip up a storm and, and target yeah. a player. But I, I don't personally see that there's a, a witch hunt against Ali myself. Uh, I think he has been guilty of some dives in the past, but he, he certainly wasn't yesterday. That was, that was obviously a penalty. Before the penalty, I think it was about five minutes before that, he got a ball near the byline and drove into the box. And he went. He confronted the Rochdale defender, faced him up. The Rochdale defender stuck his leg out. He could have easily gone over the bloke's leg if he'd have wanted to at that point. Mm. But I think he stayed on his feet and the keeper saved it. But there, there was a stray leg for him to go over, which had he got over that, you could say, well, there you go, there's a dive. But he actually chose to stay on his feet then. It'll be a bit controversial here. I actually think it was a dive. Do you? Really? No, no, I don't. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun after all this. Leave it out. But Lee, I've got, Lee, Lee, I've got <laughs> to ask you. Know, Lee, are we in a situation where is this going to tarnish Spurs as a whole moving forward in terms of is there going to be a time where, you know, at the moment we are getting the penalties, the likes of Liverpool, I mean, like we've seen it at the weekend, but do you worry long term, Lee, that this kind of reputation that Spurs seems to be getting at the moment, but as you said, definite penalty on Sunday. Is it a concern the yeah. long term that this might come back to haunt us at some point down the line where we a may not get bit. a decision that we are deservedly awarding off? I think, I think um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? That, uh, you know, results, they balance themselves out, you, know, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, a bad decision here and a good decision there. I think the only thing it will do is if it comes back to haunt us is if we get a penalty when he's actually dived, when it, when it shouldn't have been a penalty. We, we haven't actually had one of them. When, when he's dived, he's, he's been booked, as Chris Whiteley said, three times for it. Yeah. And when we've been given the penalties, they've been penalties. So, you know, the only way it will come back and haunt us, if you like, is if, um, you know, if, if we've had a penalty um, when we shouldn't have had one and then maybe it balances itself out. Look, I, we had 
this a few years ago with Gareth Bale as well. When when he come on the scene, he's a brilliant player. People couldn't catch him. They started kicking him. Pep's been talking about it from a Man City point of view as well. Players being kicked and that sort of stuff. You know, and Deli Ali does get kicked. Harry Kane does get kicked. I mean, he has been. Um, uh, Kane's now been accused of diving and whatever because of you know of this, the, the states of he, he is at. Um, it, it might well do, Rick. To be honest, come back and, and and bite us a little bit. But the reality is, if you dive, you deserve it. You know, if if you don't dive and it is a penalty, then you deserve to get the penalty. So that's that's where I stand on the matter. Really, you yeah. shouldn't dive. Basically, if you dive, then you shouldn't dive. Yeah. There's no way in, in uh, on any plan, in any vision, that yesterday was a dive. There's not a chance. It was a blatant penalty. I was just thinking to myself here, and um, you know, if you go back a couple of seasons, that we went the whole season at one point where we didn't even get awarded a penalty. Mm. Yes. I remember, I remember. I remember the outcry even back then of you know, be smart, be smart in the box. I'm in no way condoning diving. I think it's wrong. I think it's sport. What is you know. Beautiful the game fairness of our, mm. our, of our game mm. but you know at the same time you know we, we, I always look back at that period and I think you know be smart about it be smart in the box and you know I don't understand I don't understand where this reputation of, of cane diving has come from I no, don't, no, I no. don't understand mm. it at all and the whole to dare is to dive rival fans on on Twitter and and oh, I, I think it's just it's just silly it's it's schoolboy and it's, and it's playground antics and it's let's just let's it's just take ridiculous. it as a compliment Everybody, everybody hates us, and we're loving it. Well, no, <laughs> not, not, not necessarily that, but but take it as a compliment that everybody is is wanting us to, um, you know, to not do so well because they know that we we've got a team, we've got a brilliant team together, we've got a brilliant manager, we've got an unbelievable stadium coming. Mm. You know, this is unbelievable times to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan, and and people know that. You know, these these Klopp lovers at Liverpool and. You know, uh, you know, Arsenal can't even get in the top top six, let alone top top four at the moment. <laughs> and you know, it's good times for us. So you know, they're, they're worried. They're worried. So let's take it as a compliment. Yeah, mm. I mean, Jace, come around to you. Harry Kane and a goal for him on his hundredth appearance sees him draw level with Alan Gilzine on 133 goals for us. It's funny, Gilzine made a 439 appearances for his 133 goals. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, Jace? Just the the, the quickness Kane has done this in already. Yeah, we've said it week in, week out about Harry. I don't know what there's new to, to say about him. I, I kind of wish he'd put his penalty down in the middle yesterday rather than putting it in the corner. I wanted him to take exactly the same one that he missed at Liverpool. But no, uh, no you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man yet again. And he, he absolutely buried it, didn't he? And, and Lee's right. When As soon as he come on the pitch, you kind of feel the whole lift. You feel the lift from everyone in the stadium, don't you? And, and I mean, Chris will know it more than anyone. Those Rochdale fans in the stadium yesterday, they couldn't wait for him to come on the pitch either. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, uh, again, as at Newport, getting the chance to see, you know, one of the, the greatest players in world football at the moment. Um, the place was absolutely rocking in the last last 20 minutes. Um, just just everything about yesterday in the end. As I say, there's so, there was so much anger and disappointment among some Spurs fans, understandably so at half-time, but I think the way that we performed so much better in the second half, and, and it's quite hard to begrudge, you know, it, it would be different if we'd lost 2-1 in the last minute, but, you know, it's quite hard to begrudge at a club like that when you're you're inside the stadium and you see what it means to everyone, the fact mm, that we yeah. have a second chance, mm-hmm. and that we should, you know, we should, it should be, it should hopefully be like the AFC Wimbledon game and the, uh, the Newport replay, I hope, I hope I'm not, you know, jinxing it there, but <laughs> You'd like to think it's going to careful, be careful, Chris. Careful, lot more. It is first. Chris, can I just quickly ask? Because you was there yesterday. Um, on the telly, I don't know if you guys thought this as well, but the Spurs crowd, our away fans, were absolutely superb. They were singing. You could, couldn't hear any Rochdale. On yeah. I don't know if it's because they had a microphone just near our fans or something. <laughs> How many was actually there yesterday? I, I don't know how many was there, but the atmosphere was brilliant. It was great, and I think yeah. I think Lucas Moura starting had had something to do with that. You know, and he was on the outside of the pitch to start with. Everyone was yeah, just desperate was, yeah. to to see what he could do and kind of g him on to a good performance. I think you know the Ryan Mason chants were there right from the start. That was lovely to hear. Um, I didn't realise, but I, when when Kane got the goal, he shouted into the camera, didn't he? Uh, uh, Danny Rose. Danny, Danny Rose. Danny Rose. Yeah, Rose that was, was, a bit, that yeah. was class from Danny Rose. Um, and yeah, I think you know a lot of a lot of Spurs fans were were making their feelings like for for Ryan Mason, and I think that kind of helped as well. The atmosphere was because I went to the Newport game as well, and I have yeah. to say the atmosphere was so much better at at, um, 
at Rochdale. And then again, maybe one thing that might have added to it is Newport was completely open-ended. So the, the acoustics at that end, you know, there was no kind of acoustics there. It was yesterday we were undercover in a very small ground. That, that might have helped. And, yeah, perhaps the position of the, the TV microphones, I don't know why, but where they were, but maybe that did help pick it up on TV yeah. as well. But, no, but it, was, it, was, it sounded it was, amazing. Yeah. It was. It was great. Yeah. It really was, yeah. Jace, I want to ask you something now. Um, Toby Alderviro. Now, I did tweet up out yesterday, and I stick by what I said. I mean, many berated Pochettino last week in that period we were playing Juventus for Demon Alderviro not fit enough to travel to Italy for the game. On the basis of that game on Sunday, Jay, does that maybe show why we need to have a bit more trust in Pochettino's decision-making? And maybe we shouldn't always jump to conclusions about players that we feel are fit, but the manager knows much more and watches them on a daily basis. Well, as you say, a manager watches them on a daily basis, so uh, it absolutely justifies his decisions and thinking. I mean, Toby was really, really poor yesterday, and and it reminded me of Gary Doherty at times. It was just, <laughs> Good Lord. I've never know, watched it, uh, that comparison in my life well, Gary Doherty yeah, to Toby Adavirold. I mean, <laughs> he's, defending, he's defending yesterday for, for both goals. He was, <laughs> was defending that he Gary would Doherty. never, ever, ever seen Toby do. He got caught so deep for the first goal, he then doesn't go to the man who's got the ball, but he stays deep and plays the other one offside, on, on side. You think... Do something, Toes. Work something out in your mind, and then what a really poor header across the face of his own goal for the second goal, mm. and, and that's exactly why he didn't play against Arsenal or Juventus. And this is a player that, at the moment, everyone wants to, to to pay him exactly what he wants, whatever he asks for. So you know he's got to perform a lot better than that. We all know Toby doesn't perform like that too often, but on the day, let's be fair about it, he was bloody awful. But, Jace, you put it down to just basically not having a regular run of games, or is there anything more sinister to that, in your opinion? No, 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 no. I don't think he he goes out there and thinks they're not giving me a new contract, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play like Gary Doherty. I think it's just you know <laughs> the fact that he, he hasn't <laughs> played for, for four about months. That. Gary Doherty. <laughs> no, it's just he hasn't played Very for four months. He's, he's short of it. <laughs> Semi final, we did score Gary Doherty. The, le- the legend, the ginger Pele, the ginger Pele. I hundred percent agree. With, with what you just said. Toby Alderweireld. Even Gary Doherty, you know, and, I, and I said this last time on the podcast when we were talking about Jan Vertonghen. I think Toby Alderweireld Toby is the best centre-back in the Premier League. And I still stand by that. He's in his prime. I just tweeted it uh, uh, to, to Alistair. Uh, we were talking about this uh, on Twitter a minute ago. Mm. But, um, you know, just, um, you know, he, uh, he's in his prime. We need to re-sign him. They're not, they're not in a hurry to, to, do, to do the contract because we've, uh, we've got an option for, until 2020. But he needs game time, and absolutely justified. If he'd have, if he'd have played played against um, Higuain, he'd have got turned inside out if he'd have played like that. Mm. Well, we're done. Yeah, you can't. I mean, argue that. I mean, Zoe, for you, like we've just said, is it more just about game time and anything else concerning about yeah, his contract? I don't think. He, I don't think it goes that that far. Right. I think you have to remember had the seriousness of the injury that Toby sustained, and obviously the length of time he was out you know it's going to take him a while to warm up and get back into into playing at the level that he was because it was such a high level and having such a serious injury and you know recoveries from injuries they take their toll mentally as well as physically Mm. and you know I I think there's that whole side of it as well again you know um, he was almost surrounded by players that also were coming back from injury the likes of Harry Winks for example he didn't look his best at all yesterday. No, he didn't. I fought for the first goal, really, yeah. He really mm. didn't, and he, he was, and that's, and that's unlike him. And, and obviously, you know, he he tried his hardest to, you know, right the wrong and, 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 and sort of try and turn things around. But they just, fitness-wise, he just wasn't there. And that's why I think Winksy was hauled off when Yama didn't look um, his imposing best either. So I think in terms of... The underlying thing of Alderweireld, I, I don't think the contract contributed to his performance, but but certainly um, in terms of an, another fixture coming up, as much as we probably didn't need another set of fixtures, when we had that little collection of fi- fixtures before, a few weeks back, I mean, we, we came out of that pretty well. And everyone said that, you know, it would take its toll on us. And hopefully we can use this as a, as a positive and get Toby the, the minutes that he needs on the pitch in order to bring him back to that level so that he can be included in the bigger games like Juventus's and you know and be the Toby that he that we know he is and that he's been for the last couple of months because that wasn't the Toby that I saw on no. Sunday that 
really wasn't. No, I think it's not so we've all seen, to be honest, when he's at his best, Zoe. I mean, Chris, let me ask you, questioning from Chris Lawton, this is about Foyth. He said he thinks he had a solid game, very calm and composed. What's your thoughts on his performance, Chris? You was up close and personal watching him. What did you make of it? Yeah, yeah, and I thought he was really good at Newport as well. Really impressed by what I've seen with him. And like you say, you know, these are the games where you've got to give him a chance. Of course, because he clearly, yeah, much, yeah. He clearly has potential. You know, the thing everyone questions is he, he doesn't look anywhere near tall enough, does he? Or, or have, he doesn't Bulky seem enough, to have the physical, physical the presence <laughs> to be to be in a position where he's, he's clearly his future appears to lie. So that's the one concern you might have. In, you know, in the, in the Premier League going forward, but I'm yeah, really impressed with what I've seen of him at at Newport and and, and again yesterday. He's a ball player, isn't he? He's a ball yeah. player. Yeah, he is. Very true. Twenty years old he as well. Very very young, and he won all of his aerial duels. I think Lee by a couple. I mean, done very very well in the air, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. I think there was one point I remember when he really brought the, the um, you know, uh, the ball out from the back, and he, he thought, oh, there's a little bit of space opening up, and he kind of dropped a little bit and put a bit of speed on, and he, he went for a couple of players. He, there was flashes of, of, of some really good stuff there. Like you say, you know, I think people need to understand as well. You know, we talk about team and squad. We've got the youngest team in the Premier League. I know mm. we're talking FA Cup now, but it's yeah. still the youngest team in the Premier League, right? Yeah. So we've got a fantastic future, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Jace, I don't want to start another witch hunt. I know I've discussed if, the, if there is a media witch hunt this evening on Tottenham, but the Football Association apparently, this is what the, a lot of the papers are running with, they're prepared to reject any potential appeals to have the FA Cup semi-finals moved from Wembley Stadium due to growing concerns over Tottenham gaining a perceived advantage. I mean, Jace, firstly at the start of the season it was a curse. Then we couldn't <laughs> get a result there. Now they're talking you know, as if we, they're going to move it or they, they, they won't move it. I mean, isn't that crazy itself, some of the stuff out there at the moment? Oh, it's just, it is ridiculous. As they said, you know, everyone said at the start of the season, not just Spurs fans, oh, they've got no chance this year. They're playing at Wembley. Well, yeah. Now they want us to move it for Wembley because Wembley's an advantage. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Joke. Just a joke. Chris, let me get your thoughts on that. I mean, I don't know if the BBC are, are reporting that as well. I mean, I think the Times were and the Daily Mail were about, you know, yeah, concerns I, I over to, the I've, advantage. I've only... I've only seen it in the Times today. Good point. I, I, I've not checked the... Uh, I don't know if it's on the BBC website. I've, I've not been working today, but I, I saw it in the back of the Times. Really surprised by that story. It doesn't make much sense to no, me. No, it because doesn't. Yeah. E even in the story itself, it says, you know, that would have been discussed at a Premier League board meeting when Tottenham got the go-ahead to, yeah. to move to Wembley. There's no way that Chelsea would kick up a fuss because they're probably going to have to move into Wembley for three seasons. Probably going to face the same situation. So... You're thinking, what, a Man City saying, well, if we play Tottenham, we'd, we'd want it to be at Old Trafford? Because that's the only thing, that's the only other stadium you could really envisage playing it at. You know, the Emirates is 30,000 seats smaller than Wembley, isn't it? Whereas Old Trafford's about 14,000 mm. smaller. So, a I, 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 I Man U and Man City really, I, I, that, the story, it seems a strange one to me. I, and I can't think that there is any way that, because by that, by that scenario, then you should move the final if Tottenham got there. Because yeah. Tottenham would have, mm. you know, obviously the FA are never going to move the FA Cup final away from Wembley. So, really, why should they move the semi-final away? It's the same argument, isn't it? I don't, I don't see any chance of that happening, and I can't imagine really who these who these clubs are that would be kicking up a fuss because um, it's not going to be like a home game. We're not going to have you know it's going to be a fifty fifty split on the crowd. Yes, we've got a bit of an advantage in that we've been playing games there regularly, but you know for clubs of that stature, you, you visit Wembley quite regularly themselves, don't they? Really in, in cup finals and community shields etc i it's a very strange story i don't i don't think there's much in that myself i can't really see that, that there's any any chance that if tottenham were in the fa cup semi-final they would play it anywhere else because the only place i really think they could do uh, would be old trafford and then if you're playing man united well obviously they're not going to hold it there either so no very strange one really strange one very yeah. strange one let's hope there's nothing in it anyway i mean lee back to the point you were saying i think some do need to get a bit of perspective i mean chris was saying that there was some kind of anger amongst spurs fans yesterday i mean it is worth remembering we are still you know we haven't lost in 14 games since december the 16th we're four points off second in the league in a strong position in the champions league against let's not forget you know champions league finalists for the last two seasons and now 90 minutes away from a quarter final in the fa cup with a fully fit squad coming i mean lee so much to be positive about, isn't there still as a Tottenham fan? Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, mm. we, we're just talking about the Wembley factor there, yeah. and we was all worried, weren't we? Let's be honest, we yeah. was all worried when we was moving into Wembley, unbeaten season last year at White Hart Lane. You know, you couldn't couldn't give it a better send off, and we're thinking, oh, you know, what's going on? 
know, it's, it's ended up transpired that we've only lost one Premier League game, ironically against Chelsea, but um, one, yeah. in, in, in uh, at Wembley, and, and two if you count the uh, Carabao Cup. Don't talk about that too much, no. but we're against West Ham. But the reality is, it's, it has become a little bit of a fortress for us, Wembley. Um, and we, yeah, we are unbeaten since we that defeat to, to Manchester City. I think the only worry, I don't, I don't want to be negative because I'm Mr. Positive anyway, but the only negative or the only the only worry for me is you mentioned it right at the beginning of the show when mm. you talked about kind of 2 2 draw, another 2 2 draw. You know, that's kind of I think it's five away games now without a win. And, and Chris, you talked about, you know, the way that we start in games. You know, we, we started badly against, uh, I mean, brilliantly against Manchester United, of course, but then badly against Liverpool, badly against Juventus. Um, we didn't start brilliantly again in the Newport game or the Watchdale game as well, um, and all the Southampton game as well, going back there. Tyler. So th- there is some stuff to work on. And Poch, I don't know if you've all read Poch's book, but Poch talks about in his book that he, he recognises within the first kind of seven seconds or ten seconds, whatever it is, of how we're going to play or how, if we're going to win the game or not. And that can only be as an attitude, if you're going to be on the front foot um, or, or not. And I think that we need to make sure that we're coming up against a run of games now, mm. Juve aside, we don't play a top, a top, top team outside of Juve with respect to our opponents, of course, until April the 1st, which is when we play Chelsea. So other than that, we have got a run of games where actually this yeah, season... Well, they're winnable, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are winnable, but mm. then they're the ones that we've kind of struggled against. We play Hallersfield at home. Palace away, Newcastle at home, obviously the Watchdale replay. You know, there's some, some, t- there's some games in there that you just think, wow, you know, we're, we're going to go and win these games. But they're the ones that kind of, if we think we're going to roll them over, like Watchdale, for example, that's when we come unstuck. So we've got to get that attitude right to come out. You know, I always say it to the lads, we always, when we go into the games, how we're going to start. If we start on fire, like we did against Manchester United, yeah. that's what we've got to do. If yeah. we do that, we get in front early, we end up blowing teams away. It's when we struggle, we haven't scored the first 20, 25 minutes or so, and then they go in front. We couldn't break down Southampton when we beat them at home 5-2, but we couldn't beat them away because they scored first. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, S- no. Similar situation with Swansea. Definitely. Situation with, even with you know, Crystal Palace, I know we beat them at home, but they battered us that day. And it wasn't if it weren't for game, it? Uh, Gaza... Mm. Was it? Do you know what I mean? We, we could have been two or three down. <laughs> we could have been. Well, listen, mm. let's talk about Crystal Palace. Let's bring them into the mix. Jace, I mean, like Lee said, these games are winnable, but let's be honest, Palace are fighting for their lives. I mean, they're 15th in the league at the moment. They've won six, nine draws and 12 defeats this season. They're winless in four. What kind of game are we expecting, Jace? This isn't going to be easy, is it? This one? No, it won't be. I think it'll be very similar to, to last year's there. It was a really scruffy, ugly yeah, scrappy, nothing type of game, wasn't it? That that one moment of quality from Ericsson came yeah. up. We yeah. won the game, and I think it it could well be that type of game again. Um, you know, they're they're desperate. I think you you kind of expect that type of game, and they'll want it to. They'll try and disrupt the rhythm. You know how Hodgson will play it, and it's it's just being patient. And like I say, if it ends up taking eighty five minutes like it did last year, as long as we get that goal, you know, let's just pick up the three points, mate. Yeah, Jason. So the changes. Would you be tempted to start Lucas Moura after that impressive debut, full debut against Watchdale? Um, yeah, I probably would do. I mean, if I if I look at that Juve side, it would have to be probably Eric Lamella's expense. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think he did enough. To, I think he did enough, and there's enough newness about him and, and and quality about him to say, okay, let's let's give you a go from the start. Let's let's give you sixty minutes and see what you do. But I, it still wouldn't surprise me if. Pochettino went the other way and brought him on from the bench but you know whichever yeah, he wants to do with him let him do with it yeah let me ask you Zoe I mean they've got two wins in their last five games they're hardly on you know a, a run of real format in Crystal Palace but you know it's a team I hate to say it going there to their ground they do seem to always kind of raise their game for the London derbies I mean any concern mm. going into this one for you I mean, there's always concern I mean it's, it's, I think it's like Lee was saying you know these are the games that seem to be sort of tripping us up mm. This season, and yep. you know, um, I, I think um, at home, you know, it was we, it was one nil, wasn't it? This season, yeah, we've beaten one at home, mm. and and that was a that was a tough old game. That um, so always a worry to go into a game like this, you know, and it's that thing of you know mentality and, un- and underestimating um, opponents. But you know, I think hopefully we'll have enough quality in, in the first team this time to to to, get, to certainly get all three points and um, in terms of you know Palace and how Hodgson 
and will motivate him. I mean, he's not the most dynamic of characters, except on his uh, on his ranty match of the day. <laughs> I don't even saw that. I, that was completely unlike him. And usually, he's the sort of manager that could motivate you to make a sandwich. But that <laughs> you, you, you don't know. He might give. He might give I love that analogy, Zoe. Fantastic. He might give Palace, a, you know, a, a kick up the arse. Well, to, um, to be fair, since he's gone there, I mean, they looked. Let's be honest, they looked absolutely doomed, didn't they? They lost four on the yeah, four on the spin when did. he got the job, and he's done a great job, hasn't he? He's gotten fifteenth in the league, and let's credit, be honest, credit to he's been him, really yeah. credit to him. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of credit, obviously, with his whole England debacle. But I mean, you've got to say they're, they're fight. They're, they're staying in there. They're fighting. I mean, Chris, for you, I ask the same question to you. What kind of game are we expecting? Because their fans, Chris. At home, they do create like a really intimidating atmosphere, and they're always up for this one, especially at the Derby. Yeah, they do. Yeah, proper old school mm. um, football stadium it with is. a that's still still got an atmosphere that when I started going to football was kind of commonplace at every ground, and it's it's few and far between now. So you do have to credit them for that. They've improved so much mm. under Hushan. They they got off to that. I think they were the first team ever weren't they to lose their first seven yeah. league games without scoring a single goal but even at the time because you know there have been in, in Premier League history there's that Watford team that barely got any points there was a Derby team one season mm. and a Swindon team and I remember even thinking look there's no way that this Palace side were in the, were in the same kind of no, category as those those teams it was, Palace, a, it, was, it, it was a desperate start mm. um, and other than that, you look at it though other than the first couple of games they've only whenever they've lost at home it's only been by a single goal other than that terrible start so they don't, you know, they've certainly picked up every game at Selhurst. They make a real battle of. Yep. They're not getting, they're not getting hammered there by anyone now. They they beat Chelsea. They drew with Man City, didn't mm. they? Yeah. Um, our game against them at Wembley was really tough. We were lucky to win that um, last year at Selhurst. Again, really tough game. Quality goal from Ericsson. So yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard. But I do, you know, the what we've seen recently in those three games against Man U and Liverpool and Arsenal, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he reverts to the, the team that started those three Premier League games. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, yeah, we this this is the sort of game that we, you know, that we've slipped up in, isn't it? The, yeah. The Southampton game away was the, the most recent example of that. And I, I think it's going to be really tough, but, but um, I'd, I'd, I don't know if we're going for predictive scorelines. Oh, I'd like to think, yeah, I, I, I would go for a one nil again. One nil, like, like, on, like it was at Wembley. Okay, yeah. one nil, another nervy one. Oh, typical, isn't it, Lee? I mean, you you mentioned at the very start we were bringing on to the chat about Palace attitude. I mean, that's got to be, isn't it, spot on? Because this kind of side, like Chris has said, are taking points now against the likes of Man City and Chelsea. So if we are not at it. Um, leave from the start you have that feeling that this game it might not necessarily go our way we have to start bright as you've alluded to yeah absolutely I mean I, I, I totally I, I totally think that's the way to go the attitude bright start first five ten minutes getting their faces high press they don't know what they're doing you know when, when, when you're going to do that against the you know the so-called bigger teams then uh, you know you, you know it becomes a little bit more difficult because they she should be able to handle it. Crystal Palace wouldn't be able to handle that. I think sometimes what, what frustrates me with Tottenham when we go away in these London derbies to, to, to the likes of Palaces or West Ham's or, or whatever is that we kind of sit off. We sit off them a little bit. We keep the ball. We push it around in our own half. We start to probe. And if you've got an Andros Townsend and Saha, I know we, we, we don't think he's going to be sure fit, but yeah. you've, got the, you've got pace in their side. They look at trying to counter counter attacking you. And if they end up getting the first goal, that's when, when I worry for Spurs. Not that we're going to end up losing because we, we've got that, um, uh, that determination to get something still out of the game. But it, it allows us not... It, it means that we don't end up uh, playing our, our natural game. Mm. If we go one up, we start to play our natural game yeah. and then we almost become uh, you know, a, a team that can counter. Mm. And we are, we are as good as anybody, in my opinion, in the league at counter as well. You know, you put like to Liverpool, Man, Man City, whatever. But Spurs, you know, Man United to a certain degree against Huddersfield the other day, um, that, that counter-attack. You know, that's what we've got if we can go one nil up. So I think the start is, is massive. I, I do agree with what Chris is saying. I, I like what Jason's saying about more, but I do think that uh, he he make him a sub and bring him on as an impact player, right. and I do think that he should start the same team as started against United and Liverpool and Arsenal because we've we've been playing so well. I mean, Musa Dembele the other day against Juventus was, oh, it was machine, wasn't he? Outstanding. Machine. And, you mm. know, that's what he needs to come. Uh, and and the other thing I was going to say actually, I don't know whether 
you guys and Zoe if you agree on this, but I think changing from a Monday night football game to a midday kickoff for Sunday does us a favour. I think it does. Because under the light, yes. Crystal Palace, yeah. it's rocking, blah, blah, you know, old Hang on. Mm. I think that's a dodgy game, whereas actually Sunday midday, I think it's a little bit yeah. of a let-off. Could suit us, could suit us. Lee, let's get your prediction for this one. I think it's going to be 3 0 Soko Patrick. Leave me drinking. I think it will be tight. I, I okay. agree with what, uh, what, what you guys have said in terms of since Roy's gone there, he's going to have them well organised. But I do think that we're going to be at it. I think that there's a we can sniff something here. You know, Man United played Chelsea on that weekend, says so points are going to be dropped. Liverpool obviously got West Ham, so they're probably going to take three points. And City and Arsenal play each other in the Carabao Cup final. So there's points to be added, lads, yeah. for, this, for this weekend and, and Zoe. So I think we're going to be at it. I think it'll be 3-1 Tottenham. 3-1 Tottenham. OK, we'll take that. Zoe, let's come round to you. Let's get your prediction for this one. OK, well, first, can I say to Lee, I think the only thing less likely than the Sissoko hat-trick is, is the Lorente one. That's very true. That's very true. We've reverted to type by, by uh, hanging them two players. Sorry. <laughs> Poor blokes. Oh, oh. Poor bless blokes. Me, sir. Bless me, sir. I, I think I, I'm going to go for, a, I'm gonna go for a, a tight game again. Uh, it's sort of... It's going to be one of those ones that we're just going to stroll. I think it'll be a really tough game. Mm. I think the, the kickoff time will play to our, into our hands a little bit. Um, but I'll go for a 2-1 and another Hodgson rant on uh, back to the day, please. <laughs> there you go. You hold it here from Zoe. It's a Hodgson rant and a 2-1 Spurs win. Jace, finish it up with you. Oh, I'll ask you, Jace, as well. Lee's point he makes there about the change in the fixture. That, I mean, I think Lee's absolutely bang on, isn't he, Jace? That could really work in our advantage. Yeah, it could do because that Chelsea-Man United game kicks off straight after ours. Mm. So rather than having to respond to one of those, I mean, yeah. you know, we could we can really put the pressure on those two clubs yeah. as well. And fingers crossed, one of those, you know, that's a draw. But over the course of the next few weeks, our next few league games, have just got Man City, Arsenal in the Carling Cup. You've also got it next Wednesday in the Premier League as well. Yes, yeah, so which is I think at the, at yeah. the well, they, got, they got each other. They just. yeah. Yeah, they play each other twice in in four wow. days or there whatever. There you go. So, yeah. so, you've got that one. You've got the Chelsea-Man United fixture. And then I think Man United play Liverpool on the 3rd of March or something like that. Or might be the weekend after. So, there's a hell of a lot of points for, for those clubs to drop in that spell. Mm. And we've absolutely got to make sure we've got been... To, got yeah, we've got to be Palace. And what's the other one? What's the one Huddersfield. Palace? I think Huddersfield. Newcastle, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah. Huddersfield. Mm. You know, we've we got and to take six points from those. Yeah, there's Newcastle. So, these are, like I say, we've said all really, really big games come out, all winnable. Jace, prediction, let's get it over the line. What are you going for? I'll just I'll just go for a for an ugly gritty one nil, mate. Okay. Palace don't score many goals. That's that's the only thing about them. Mm. They're they're still hard they've been a lot harder to play under Hodgson, but they, they still don't score many goals, do they? So I'll go for one nil. God. Famous last words from Jason McGovern will be back on next week taking <laughs> taking the complaint. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you, Jace. I'm gonna go actually for I'm gonna go for a two one Spurs win with us on the panel. I think it's gonna be a tight game, but fingers crossed we will get over the line. Chris, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We've really enjoyed having you. Thank you, it's been great. Cheers, Ricky. That's all right, my pleasure. I'll get you back on, I'm sure, soon. Chris and Lee, thank you as always for coming back on the show. Pleasure as no always. No worries. Good to, good to talk to you all, Chris. Zoe, nice to have met you, essentially. Jason, good as always. And Zoe, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. Don't be silly, no problem at all. Well, guys, we're going to be back after Crystal Palace. Have a great week. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Lucas Moura. It's Isoko. Sissoko through to Lucas Moura! Must have rescued their FA Cup hopes today. Can't finish. Carries on his run. It's a good pick out from Sissoko. On his left foot. No problem. They've got a little gem there. Good business for Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.